Hello. 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 Good evening, Greg. How are you? I'm wonderful, Ash. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. I'm very, very well. You've been up to watch. <sighs> yeah. Lots. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just getting over COVID, working hard. How about you? Yeah, not at not COVID, but yeah. Just working hard, working on some stuff that I'm going to announce very shortly yeah. on on the live stream. So just while yeah. we wait for people to pop on into watching the video, which should be live on our Facebook and stuff now, uh, what have we got planned to talk about this evening, Greg? So there has been a Loch Ness monster video sighting. Always good. Um, that's just making its way around the press. So I thought we would have a look at that. Then continuing the theme, we've got a river monster to have a little look at. Um, nice. And see what people think about it. It's, it's a video that has been online for, for a while. Um, and I've seen it on many documentary type paranormal UFO programs like unexplained files whatever mm. so it'd be good to see what people think to that then um because what got me to that today was i was listening to a podcast while talking to dogs and it was someone well so on the round table that we did the other day with frank ufo thinker dave smethurst as well um we were talking about um i completely lost my train of thought there we were talking about colin keller so yeah. somebody that i i spoke about and said I, I followed his stuff for such a long time skinwalker stuff skinwalker and he was part of nids before skinwalker so he was taken on he applied for this position with bigelow for the national institute of discovery science they flew him out because he's like this prominent guy in his field. Um, Robert Bigelow interviewed him face to face uh, and offered him the job essentially at NIDS. So the National Institute of Discovery Science was like one of the first big private companies to investigate weird stuff through Bigelow. So Robert Bigelow, billionaire guy, um, he's pu pumped more money into UFOs and paranormal research probably than anybody else. Yeah. Um, he was part of um, the ORSAP program. So some of the funding for ORSAP um, went to Bigelow um, through his companies and through NIDS. So they'd done a lot of work. They, Bigelow went down to see the owners, the Shermans, who owned um, Skinwalker Ranch in Utah, and on the first visit there, bought it. So then he sent NIDS in, and NIDS set up a full sort of um, scientific approach to the study of anomalous phenomena at Skinwalker. And if you read Hunt for the Skinwalker, it talks all about that. Um, yeah. and the fact that they they claim to have photographed and videoed things coming out of portals and um, mysterious cameras being cut, the wires being cut when there's two cameras facing each other 
but did nothing saw anything. Um, so that was weird. Uh, um, I don't know what, what just happened to the camera <laughs> there. That's old cue. With a switch. <laughs> so NIDS has been I, I came across the NIDS website uh, uh, as well and they had lots of case studies on there and they, they do lots of they, they're sort of now defunct um, as an entity public entity um, but Colin Kelleher went on um, and done a lot of work with George Knapp they wrote Humphrey Skinwalker he, Colin Kelleher has also done uh, a book called The Brain Trust Um and it's about mad cow disease. Um, part of it is about mad cow disease and animal mutilations, and awesome. how how um, it's really interesting. Just to sort of geek out while we get people on online, um, I listened to many many podcasts of of Colm talking, and didn't even realise he's Irish. An Irish guy. His accent's very faint, but when you know he's Irish, you when you listen to him talking, you can. You can hear it. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think I only know one other person called Colm, and he's Irish. Yeah, so, I didn't even think about it. That makes sense, actually. American, but he moved out to America and Bigelow, and he's been in America for decades. So he talks about animal mutilations, which is a subject that is fascinates me. It just fascinates me. And talking about, you've got two schools of people. There's the animal mutilations by entities unknown i.e. experiments being done by them, ETs, for want of a better better description, um, an unknown phenomena. And then you've got uh, mysterious black helicopters being seen at the, the site of cattle mutilations and around cattle mutilations. Now, his take on that is that the U.S. government were trying to track um, BSE, which is bovine spunk form encephalitis, mad cow disease. Yeah. Well done. Yep, yep. Well done. Well done. And I think I can't pronounce it. Yoitzvolk Krakow disease, which is the, the, the human version of BSE. And it got into the food chain where they were, cows were eating processed cows. So like eating their own, species and it caused a lot of brain issues as you can probably imagine um and that was all outlawed but it was a big thing in the 90s in the uk and across europe and they banned our meat from europe and all sorts and yeah. anyway so he's saying that the cia and government food agencies were using the animal mutilations by et phenomena as a like a a screen for them doing animal mutilations to study cattle being mutilated in the wild to see how far the, the BSE was traveling through the food chain. Right. Because it's okay. sheep were getting it, goats were getting it, um, cows were getting it, bulls were getting it, everybody. All these different types of animals were getting a form of this brain disease. Um, so his take on it was something I hadn't even thought about, that they were actively creating a black program to monitor BSE within the food chain by masquerading on the back of this weird anomalous phenomenon that's happening where cows were being taken and surgically dissected. 
So ah, interesting. It's, it's an interesting take on it. It's an interesting take on it. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I've been looking at. Nids, Column Kelleher. I was doing a search for him earlier, and then it come up about cryptids and and all that kind of stuff. And then it I came across the whole Nessie story and all sorts. So I went. I've been down this weird rabbit hole, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a strange place when you when you find something to get your teeth into. It's the the place can be mental. Like the internet is a great place for going down rabbit holes. Um, and Colin Kelleher has got his fingers in many things, along with George Knapp and the Weaponized podcast. I've been listening to that and listening to Duncan Trussell on the Weaponized podcast about spiritualism. And uh, it's an insane place. The paranormal, the unexplained is a. Is a sorry, I've just. <laughs> Fully just went out there, didn't I? <laughs> I completely forgot what we even started. No, what, what I was on a uh, yeah. So, Loch Ness monster. Some somehow he got roundabout. To yeah, we did. Loch Ness monster from that. Yeah. So, I came across this story today about Loch Ness monster, and bam, here we are. Ten minutes later, where Greg stopped talking about Colin Kelleher. But if you haven't researched Colin Kelleher fascinating character he's on all the big podcasts joe rogan's had him on um so yeah a lot of work with george knapp as well they're, they're good buddies cool so before we bring in a couple of guests that we've cool. got let's go on. um anyone wants to come try, join us as always just let us know we give you the link to join the stream yards any comments just any questions whatever thoughts just format us as always, just how we kick off with the Lackless Monster video first, and then yep. we'll bring in our first guests. Let's see Have you do. got the link? I do. There we go. Right. So this, I saw this in the news today. So it'd be interesting to see what people's thoughts are. Loch Ness Monster, fascinating sort of creature. And here's the video. So what I would say this is this this picture's come from. Well, this video has been caught by a guy that likes to sit and watch the webcams that mm. cover Loch Ness. Yeah. Um probably a bit of a Loch Ness monster hunter. Mm-hmm. Um I guess. So I guess you gotta sort of kind of take with a bit of is he looking for anything that could be Loch Ness and just obviously claiming. That is like we see with ghosts and UFOs, anything that could slightly be something unusual. You send yeah. something to the papers. There. But like I say, it's only a week old, this footage, 26th of March. Yeah. Um, and there's something, let's go back to yeah, that one. I mean, Difficult. yeah, obviously it's uh, not the best type of image. And it's obviously some disturbance of something in the water. Um, yeah. Doesn't appear to be moving from the sort of few seconds that we've got to to watch it for i mean yeah (laughs) like you say somebody who sits there and watches it all the time the chances are that they're gonna actively see stuff that may be a standard ripple and think it's something slightly different i mean how do you even really spot it from Uh, i've seen better (laughs) versions of videos of strange stuff in loch ness but 
because this was so new and it was reported today, I think it just piqued my interest that... Hey, Jolene. Hey, Jolene. Hey, Neil. So let's so bring in our guests and see what they think about the Loch Ness yeah, go on. Monster. Here is, let's bring my fellow UFO-identified alumni, uh, <laughs> Natalie. Hello, Nat. Hello, hello. How are we both? Hello. Um, my, my first thought of looking at it is it's very straight. And yep. if that was Nessie or a whatever monster, it, it would not be quite so straight, I don't think. To me, that looks like a disturbance in the water, yeah, but nothing that's um, organic because it's too straight to me. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there's not much going on really in the video. No, to, it, to it's, give. it's as straight as an arrow. Whatever's caused that ripple. Yeah. Um, is it Nessie? I'm not convinced. What is your sort of thoughts on Nessie, Nat? I don't think you've ever spoken. I've about... written a bloody article on it. Ash. Yes, yes, you have. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I do. I do. I do read them. Really you remember that well. Um, I'm. Uh, I'm not convinced either way. Um, I think there's a lot of the the, the things that the pictures that have been. Um, out there over the years can be easily explained away of being different things. Um, but my in my article, my favourite thing that I took away from it is, you know that very famous picture of like the, the hook shape, the Nessie neck um, yeah. that was taken years and years ago? Um, well, part of the research that I did was around... Um, looking at um, the circuses that were around Scotland um, going back years and years and years ago. And it was very common for the travelling circuses to take their elephants out into the locks to bathe the animals. No way. I can see uh -huh. where you're going with this. And there was a picture that was taken of a said bathing elephant in um, Loch Ness going back to Dick Dock at the time of the travelling circuses with exactly the same bent neck look that that famous picture has and actually on my article on ufoidentifier.co.uk um i've put both pictures next to each other and they are virtually identical oh wow so i think the pictures that are out there have other explanations that perhaps we should look into before jumping to a conclusion that it's a great big green plesiosaur etc but who knows it's a very deep lock you know it is connected yep. through other bands of water mm -hmm. did, did you know did you know what? that every human on the planet could fit inside Loch Ness oh really know that. That, that's how big it is okay that's amazing 8 billion people could fit in wow be quite cramped I think uh, yeah but, yeah, a bit wet as well, I suppose. <laughs> well, yeah, very <Yeah>. wet. <laughs> so just on that note, the, the guy that took the um took the footage said that the length of the visible wake is in excess of 20 feet, and the creature responsible 
again assuming it's a creature must be very large underneath the water certainly too large for known animals or fish that live in a lock otters would never reach sizes of this magnitude or seals um, he also added when i spotted the wake and the camera stopped stopped rotating to see the water breaking was exhilarating the calm conditions and the clear evening colors of the surrounding landscape were picturesque the only thing missing was the loch ness monster and up she popped <laughs> But when the camera patterned back around again, the shape had seemingly disappeared. Mm. Yeah. It's a very straight piece of water. Yeah. And I think if a monster that had been living down there for a long, long time was, was under there making the water ripple that way, it wouldn't be so long and straight. I think it would be very graduated. Um, well, who knows? So, we we don't know. <laughs> yeah. So the water in the area of the site in reaches 450 feet deep, according to this guy's estimates. And lo and behold, it's the third uh, Nessie sighting that he's captured this year. Mm, I think he does spend a lot of time in front of those cameras there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Neil says he'd be happy to see an elephant in Loch Ness. I would love yeah. to see that. Sadly, Neil, it's, uh, it goes back to um, the turn of the century when travelling circuses were very popular. And I think the chances of us seeing an elephant bathing in uh, Loch Ness are pretty slim these days. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> cool. So let's bring in our other guest, uh, regular to our panel round tables. Let's get his thoughts. I can imagine what this might be, but let's bring in Power Mike. Hello. Hello. Thank you for the, thank you for the great intro, Ash, you cheeky <laughs> bastard. Um, I'm going to shock you. I don't have any strong opinions on this for once. Um, just looks like something moving on water, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, outside, outside, that... outside my remit. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, it's not great quality webcam footage, to be fair. So that makes it even harder to to uh, determine the, the origin of that ripple or whatever it is. But it does appear to be quite a calm lock. The reflections seem to be pretty um, straight and unaffected. So it's, who knows, could be a log or something just floating down the river, I suppose, Across the lock, sorry. Um, it's interesting. Very you picturesque, can see... though. Very picturesque. Yeah, it looks nice. It's interesting. Looks you nice. can actually see the water moving as well from like left to. This is the wrong way around, but left to right, almost as if it's like tracing a line across it. Can you see that? that? You not see that? Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, it's going right to left, isn't it? The water. Uh, I mean, yeah. it depends on which way around yeah. your webcam goes, but yeah, it looks left to right to me. Yeah. Um, but it certainly looks like it's moving, but it also, like I think Nat mentioned before, it seems weird that it would break in such a straight line as opposed to anything else being um, disturbed around that area. That's a better picture of it, I suppose. You can see, yeah, it's sort of, yeah, you can sort of maybe see it a bit stronger where it's different to the water. Mm. 
You'll have to put your diving suit on, Ash, and uh, go and go and have a look and see what you can find. I, I, I love Loch Ness. It's such a beautiful place. Like, it's just a pain I'll in the ass. Yeah, it is beautiful. I've been a number of times, but I never, never found Nessie. Sadly, only only a green fluffy one in the uh, tourist shop that I got stung for some extortionate amount to buy. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, this gent's watching the webcam every day and he's not seen it either, so I wouldn't feel too bad about not seeing it on no. the one time you go up there. <laughs> but I've, I watched um, a documentary about Loch Ness and they, they had some like sonars and they had a, a string of boats uh, across the lock where they were um, just moving across the lock and sort of sweeping it, essentially. And there's one famous photograph from underneath the water, which appears to be some kind of weird, it's like squarish, diamond-shaped, tipped um, fin, or that's quite close to the camera because it's so murky. But that's the only the picture I've seen that's other than the one that Nat was describing, which appears to be an elephant t- a trunk. Now, um, <laughs> I thought that guy come out and said that he'd faked that, and it was just a model. On his death yeah, day. I think I think there are stories to say that 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 is a fake thing as well. Yeah, I remember. I don't know if any of you remember the sort of adult comic book Viz from years ago. I remember yeah. them doing like a spoof, like Sun newspaper thing, where some big guy being like, "I faked it all," and it was a dude, a picture of a dude stood there with like a golf club with the old like <laughs> cover on the golf club, as if he'd been in the lake, like just poking that up, and it's just like, <laughs> God's sake. <laughs> did did you guys used to watch the family nest years yes. ago so that, yes. me, oh, me, that intro I, music uh-huh, you should rock and we should knock and we should go to ting book too but you'll never find a nessie in the zoo yeah i remember you that meet an anaconda and a giraffe or a kangaroo but you'll never find a nessie in the zoo and I, I sound a bit like a mad fan of it but i grew up <laughs> on it so to me if anything's living in in Loch Ness, it's a bunch of those green monsters, and there's a little girl on the side who blows a thistle whistle, and yep. out they pop. And they've all got mad Highland hats on and everything. In my world, that's what's going on underneath the surface. <laughs> it's a pl- as plausible as everything else. <laughs> Says it it's in funny. a cartoon. It's got to be fact. <laughs> it's funny because off air, me and Ash were talking about the fact that, um, like. We've got a get. We're interviewing somebody on Thursday. I won't spoil the subject, but um, I, I'm fascinated to find out more about it. And when you hear what it's about, I said to Ash, "It's just as plausible that this is a thing than everything else we've spoken about in two and a half years." Yeah. Angus and Alfsbeth. I know that was that's me. the name. Yeah. Can you can you give us a little um a little hint or taste for us what this conversation might be on Thursday? Because I'm intrigued now. Oh, oh they've got very quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. It's, how... it's, it's mainly about obviously sometimes interviews don't happen, and then we sort of said something, and it doesn't happen, and or if that person doesn't want, I don't know. It's. We'll tell you off air. We'll tell you off air. Makes it If it comes out, comes off, it'll be released on Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. And I'm fascinated to hear it 
and I've not even taken part in the interview yet. And I guess to hear the response as well, right? Of the listeners yes. of the podcast next yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I, I mean, if it... it's if if you guys are sat there going, oh, it's weird when you're doing a paranormal <laughs> podcast, it's pretty fucking weird, right? Is it David so Icke? For the benefit, for the be- no, I wish. <laughs> for the benefit of the people in on this stream, not the people watching, don't say a word. Okay. This is what it's about. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Uh, where, where, where am I supposed to look for that? That's more que- that raises more oh. questions than uh, what? In God's name! <laughs> that's exactly. I've my, words. Mine was um, from that illustrious style of man. It could be where me and Ash are chatting, obviously on Facebook Messenger all the time. I just put what the fuck. <laughs> That was it. It's like WTF. Yeah, I have I have no words for that really. I, I will also <laughs> wait to hear that. Yeah. The outcome of that. It, I can't with, wait. With not to bit. not to make that too cryptic to anybody watching. <laughs> but um so you'll yeah. enjoy it, hopefully. Definitely, definitely. Right, <laughs> let's move on to yeah. the other sea creature that we're gonna yes. show tonight. So this one is, if you've watched um, Discovery Channel, uh, uh, Paranormal Files, Unexplained Files, Unexplained Top 100, Unexplained Videos of All Time, those kind of programs on like Blaze or wherever in the UK, um, you may have seen this video pop up. So this is a river creature in Alaska, and I can't remember the name, that the locals have given it. But I've seen this video multiple times. I've got my thoughts on it. But I'll see what you guys think. And if anybody watching has got any thoughts on this video and what you think it is, let us know as well. So, in lieu of any claim- kind of they claiming it audio, <laughs> it's a river monster that is spotted on this river. And as you can see, it seems to be made up of multiple bits coming out of the water. Uh, I've got my thoughts on what I think it is. Um, but it's been on the Paranormal Files. It's been on all manner of TV program and it's spotted in this similar part of the river, well, same part of the river all the time. Looks quite a lot like a sturgeon. Which I think, With ice on the top of it. Yeah, which I think may or may not be around that part of the world. There used to be a series, in fact, called River Monsters where a guy would go and find humongous fish. And mm-hmm. uh, one of those was a sturgeon, which... They're big buggers, they are. They're humongous, aren't they? Giant, mm. weird catfish sort of thing. You can milk well, them like, for caviar. Um, it's good to know. What you are, full of the uh, <laughs> full of the info tonight with the BSE Caviar comes well, right? from... St- yeah. Yeah, sorry, I went on a real rabbit. 
rabbit hole talk it, about BSE it's, and it, its medical it's name. It's the brain fog, Greg. It's the brain fog from your COVID. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. <laughs> apparently, like, not to go down that rabbit hole again, apparently um, BSE can sort of, like, you can have it and it can sort of lie dormant for 20-odd years before it just goes like that. Really? Yeah. And kills you. Yeah. yeah. But unfortunately, Patsy's the expert to ask about BSA because she goes down a Wikipedia rabbit hole and terrifies herself just before bed. But um, but she was telling me about it and I was like, fucking what? So people in the 90s who may have eaten infected meat yeah. could have it and it could just be dormant until one time when it just... a big thing. Yeah. I remember... Especially... Were you guys old enough? I wasn't in this country. 90s. Um I remember... I remember it. I remember it. I I was growing up in Aus- up in Australia at the time. I remember my grandma came to visit, and my parents being like, "Oh, we'll have to get her a steak dinner because they can't really have steak or beef at home." And it was like this massive thing. Yeah, I remember for ages. It was it was all over. It was like sad to see the animals. It was awful. That's why all the all the farms and all the walk paths were all like closed. You couldn't like mm-hmm. walk across any yeah. farms. All that the walkways were all shut off to the public. And yeah. Yeah, it was, it was all mad. All I actually, I um, I have a master's degree in dementia studies, and one of the modules that I did was on uh, Creutzfeldt-Jakob's disease. So, well, um, yeah, it's fascinating. It's, it's fascinating. You should check out the Colm Kelleher interviews that he does about mad cow disease. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting. Very interesting. So, right, my thoughts. Mike just um. It just put up. It looks like a massive barnacle encrusted sturgeon. I thought it looked a bit like a catfish. Not what sure what sturgeon looks like, but definitely got like, like a big type cat, thing, I think. Catfish, catfish type face, like at the front of it. There is so, a picture of the sturgeon in the chat, by the way. If you want to just want to double check, I don't think viewers can see it, but for anyone on the panel, I'm just gonna. I can bring that picture. Up. Oh, that's yeah, a nice huge one. bugger. Yeah. yeah, that's big, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's not a sturgeon. But that is, obviously, in the photo. But mm. I don't think the video is. So my thoughts on the video is that it's like a log with some debris coming off the back of it. It's spotted in the same place. Um, and if you look at it, when the, the clip first starts, it the, the, this front, front part of it, the big part of the front, looks like it rolls slightly. Look, just there, it's oh, kind I of just rolling mean. a little bit, and it just looks like it's just caught up in the. It does it have doesn't... a very organic movement about it, though. And, and also, the, the, rip, the ripples of it are quite far away from where that centralized log is. Yeah, but if you look, it's not actually moving. When they zoom in, it looks like it's moving, but it's the flow of the river that's moving. Mm causing it because it's sitting in the same place each time so to me it's something caught on the bottom personally i'm not sure what they named it something as well and i can't i was trying to find the name of it alaska river um i did i did just check as well uh sturgeons run i think up they set up the east coast from mexico to alaska okay Coastal waters from Ensenada, Mexico to Alaska. Yeah. Ooh. That is actually, that video is a gov- government video as well. 
just to let you right. know. Um, in Fairbanks, uh, I'm just quickly scanning it. Um, the Alaskan ice monster is called. It was a cousin of the Loch Ness Monster, or maybe Nessie oh. herself had slipped past immigration. <laughs> Some people called it the, the Chainer, because it's where it is. Chainer Chomper, a sea monster, a massive sturgeon, a zombie salmon, a wayward oh. shark, a scabby whale, a pet alligator, an a icy moose hide, <laughs> an arthropod of unusual size, or a giant Arctic crocodile. It was also called a beaver gator. <laughs> Whatever that was. It says, if you looked closely, it had tentacles and gills or an armoured tail. Okay. So. People see things they want to see in these things, don't they? Experts at the Alaska Department of Fish and Game said it was nothing biological, just junk. Um, it was frazzle, whatever that is, frazzle ice stuck to a rope that is probably caught on a bridge pier. Uh, the natural phenomenon of frazzle ice occurs when bursts of cold, instead of forming a crust, the small and supercooled disks mist, mix into flowing rivers and streams, giving the water a slushy appearance. There's ice, but no monster. When the area had warmed, the thing vanished along with the river <laughs> ice and snow. So I think it sounds like a cover up to me that. So maybe it just <laughs> it went colder climates. It just went somewhere else. It's not a it's not a downed weather balloon, is it? It could be. It could be. <laughs> On that note, just to cover off a weather balloon. So we've talked about this to death on the UFO roundtable as well, and I was listening to a podcast about balloon downing and they were saying the reason that they didn't take it down over america they didn't like shoot the main one down was because there was a high possibility that it was say chinese or russian or whatever carrying biological weapons so if they shot it and it dropped to the floor in any kind of um inhabited area covid 23 could have happened or worse it could have been a natural or biological natural disaster type thing. So they're hence why they let it fly over the US and then shot it down over the sea just to prevent any kind of biological weapon being dispersed into the, the population, which is another take I hadn't really thought about. So interesting. Just on that slight tangent. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Is it brain? What about fog? balloons? <laughs> My brain's a crazy place. <laughs> oh, many, know. many ideas. Ash will testify to that. We talk for hours and hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got another guest in the green room. I shall oh, bring well. in Victor S. Johnson. Yes. A recent guest. Reverend Victor. Yeah. Hello. Hey, Ash. Hey, Greg. Hey, Ned. Mike. Uh, Paramike. Hey, man. How are we doing? Doing all right. Um, Keep saying that name, buddy. Paramike or Mike or okay. Yeah, Paramike. Give me some free advertising. Yeah, that's his branding. That's which one's branding. (laughs) Who is Brandon? No, no, no. Branding. (laughs) Oh, branding. Okay. It's our English accent. Hmm. Sorry. Uh, No, you're good. 
Uh, How are you doing? I'm doing great. To elaborate on that Chinese balloon, yeah, that, <laughs> that would be a perfect excuse from our government. Except, like, since that balloon's been shot down, we've had like 25 train crashes all over the United States in various areas, and a lot of stuff has leaked into our water anyway. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't grain of salt with that, but yeah, people yeah. seem to think that the whole um, balloons or UFOs over the US was actually potentially a cover up for those train crashes in like in Ohio, Ohio and stuff, right? And the fact that it was, um, leaking toxic chemicals everywhere i mean weirdly we just we see it happen and we don't do anything about it anyway so you know i mean it could be whatever but how is everyone not to bring everyone to a weird place (laughs) oh we're in a weird place don't worry yeah don't worry yeah all good all good thanks for joining us yeah no problem thanks for having me back on Ah, pleasure so we we decided to to do a bit of a live one today following this Loch Ness story that came out. I don't know if you've just seen the video that we we played. Um, what are your thoughts on Loch Ness Monster or river monsters, lake monsters in general? What do you think? I saw the, the tail end kind of, and I'm, I'm to use American slang, I'm down for the river monsters. We actually cool. have our own ri- river monsters out here. They're just not as pronounced as the great Scottish Loch, so to speak. <laughs> So what? Um, so we were just talking about an Alaska potential Alaskan one. What? Um, what other river monsters do you guys have? What? What are they called out there? Well, we have one uh, close to me in Chesapeake, Virginia, in the Chesapeake Bay. Its nickname is Chessie, to go with the theme of the bay. <laughs> and out in New Mexico, in the Roswell area, funny enough, and not to Ooh. plug my book, but I talk about it in my book a little bit. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever plugged my book, so I've got to be the one to do it. There are really like, there's a giant turtle in the bottomless lakes. It's rumored. So grain of salt. There's a lot of different sort of things. Yeah, there's Chessie right there up on the Wikipedia. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even get the virtual background to work, so <laughs> That's cool. So talking about the UAP sort of flipping between subjects, Neil says it's too quiet on the recovery of the shutdown UAPs because it was sort of big, massive media hype that I missed because I had no internet for a week. And then it just (laughs) sort of disappeared and then there's been nothing since. I mean, that's the case over here. Has that been the same over in the US as well, Victor? Uh, The UAP? Yeah, the the balloons. the the, The balloons being shut down. Okay. We haven't had one since the one that made the worldwide coverage. Uh, I want to say there were a couple of balloons shot down in that time, and then there hasn't been anything on the mainstream that I know of. It's weird, isn't it? Super weird, because they went online, the American government, and said during the press conferences that they were unidentified flying objects that have been shot down. Now, my take on it was, is this them like... When we were going through COVID in the UK, the government would like leak a story or say, oh, we're looking at doing this in a couple of days' time. And they gauge the response of people and either roll out this new restriction or whatever. They're like, they're feeling out what was happening before they announced it officially just to get people on board. 
Now I'm thinking, and it was something I, I'd pulled up before, was that they were specifically saying unidentified flying objects were being shot down by the US government, which in itself is a headline that would never have come up um, before 2017, I wouldn't have thought. But they kind of the reaction, I think, from the public was just like, well, it's a balloon, yeah. isn't it? No one so people were actually talking it down, mm. but nobody was picking up on the fact that it was an unident. They were actually it's saying crazy. unidentified flying objects are being shot down over American soil by jet fighters. Because why would you, if they were, and they would know if these are recreational balloons, because people do send balloons up all the time for like promotional stuff, all that kind of thing. And you can put an iPhone in there for locating um, your phone when it uh, the the balloon when it drops, and um, they would know that. Why would you send up a jet fighter and fire a missile that costs like half a million dollars into a balloon that probably costs like a hundred quid to put up in the air? It just seems insane to me that this level of ferocity and aggression would be shown against. Yeah. I mean, some guy or some people from on a university course just studying the weather. It just seems weird. Right. Especially how did the Chinese get a balloon across the ocean? Number one, a self-guided unmanned balloon. <laughs> now, maybe they launched it from inside the country. If that is yeah, the narrative they're going with. I don't I didn't look into it too deeply, but. I'll do you one better, Greg. In 1940, on. in 1947. <laughs> the term flying saucer was used by the air force in the newspaper. That would have been the Roswell crash. Yes. Yeah. And then the next day they said it was a weather balloon. Yes. And they kind of did the same thing with the press conference this time, because there was a press conference where the guy went, we can't rule out the possibility of where he said UFOs or aliens or whatever. And then the next day there was another press conference where the woman, uh, sorry, the Congresswoman was basically making light of it and being like do i think it's like aliens like the movie et we're going they're going to come down and we're going to touch the fingers no and it was like <laughs> again they're they're making light of it and making it a big joke and being like oh no it couldn't couldn't possibly be aliens or a uap or whatever and it's just like it's the same thing over and over again like mm. they sort of try and admit to it a little bit but then just make a big joke out of it and be like oh no that'll that'll go away now we've made it seem crazy or whatever what are your thoughts ash UFO expert. And you, Nat, UFO expert. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm of, of the same view as you, really, Greg. I, I'm a bit baffled by the whole way it's spun out and the lack of anyone go, you know, going, oh, there's something, you know, big going on here. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, we're, we're shooting down UFOs. Oh, oh, no great big deal. And I, I, I still can't get my head around that. It's weird. It's mad. It's mad. It is mad. And there were like loads of different object shapes. There was like apparently like a hexagonal shaped one. Um, there was a tic tac, a silver tic tac shaped one. There's a car shaped like, one. It's so what? The f what? <laughs> so not just round balloons. There was multiple different shapes. So they say. Means so they say. They but, don't release any footage, videos, images. Because they Nothing only had to, they had to release the footage of the one that they did, 
because an amateur had filmed it from the the ground, so they had to kind of. I wonder what was going on that they were like, "Shit, somebody has filmed this balloon up there. How are we going to spin this?" They're like, "Let's go down the UFO route because people won't believe it." Boom. I don't know. And, and then Ash was on holiday for that whole week with no internet. And by the time he got back, it ended. <laughs> I know. I remember getting the text the... from him when he got home going, has the world ended since I've been away? What's all this? How, how, have we been invaded? <laughs> the moral of the story is that essentially Ash needs to take more holidays if that's what happens when he goes on them, right? Uh, you know, I'll pay for me. I don't mind. I go away. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> So Victor yeah, right. Ash went on a cruise um, for a week with his family and his with partner, and no uh, with no internet on the, <laughs> on the boat. So he had no mobile data, no internet or anything for a whole week. And that week was when all the balloon issue <laughs> came and went. So by the time he got back, it had all been done and dusted. It was like UFO shot down. Is that what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> So I just wanted to bring up sort of flitting back between subjects of Chessie. Yes. I found this picture on Wikipedia. I just I just I've got to show it. It's I love it. What let's look at this picture of it. I don't know exactly which one you're gonna pull out. That <laughs> seems like uh -oh. Maryland, yeah. It seems about right. <laughs> it's very, very glamorous looking. Very pretty, yeah, yeah. That's it's got bling, hasn't it? It's like a glitter ball. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. That's like the first picture that comes up is like this one. Is that? Like... <laughs> it's getting so bad. Chessie has to do birthday parties for kids to make ends meet. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so, not quite okay, as popular as Messi that brings in all the uh, all the money <laughs> yeah, for Scotland. True, true, true. So, Victor, what is your favourite? So, staying on the like cryptid and all that kind of front, what is your most plausible? Like uh, character, I don't know what you would like. So you've got like um, the Mothman, you've got Skunk Ape in Florida, you've got Chessie and Nessie, and all those kind of things. What would be the one that seems most credible to you? Credible, um, probably Bigfoot. Yeah, my favorite is going to be the Jersey Devil, but I'm biased. But definitely Bigfoot would be the most credible to me, or even, um, you know, the the one that's the goat eater from Mexican lore, but I can't remember Chupac it now. Chupacabra. Chupacabra. Yeah, why did my brain freeze? Yep, Chupacabra would be plausible. Okay, Mike, what about you? I don't know, this isn't... This is my area of opinionation, so um, right, you can you can have a probably, you can have a thought on it. <laughs> probably, I I would agree that Bigfoot's probably the the most viable, especially when you start looking into all the interdimensional theory with it. Um, I don't necessarily have a favorite, but I've definitely told you this story before, Greg, where um, where the first episode or one of the first episodes of Pursuit was on the Yowie. Which is like yes. an Australian Bigfoot sort of thing. Yes. And our, very, like, our very first episode was the our first, first and, episode, yeah. And I, I thought nothing of it until not long before we went to Minster Lovell, me and Greg, 
when I Google Yowie and can definitely remember like immediately the image of like this sort of sketchy black hair and then bright red eyes. I can remember seeing it when I was a kid out there and um, okay. and we'd have Aboriginal people come into school and tell us stories about like Dreamtime and the Rainbow Serpent and stuff like that. And I definitely remember the picture of the Yowie because it freaked the fuck out of me as a kid. And then years later, not thought about it. You guys mentioned it in an episode, and then I went, "Oh, I wonder what that was," and was googling about um, Aboriginal art and their like philosophy on life, and it popped up, and I was like, "Fucking hell!" Yeah, Ch- childhood trauma unlocked, sort of thing. I just about remember it, Neil. <laughs> I remember editing it for about two weeks. It, was it very, took very... about two weeks to record. <laughs> it really did. At, at no point, the power microphones. At no point, you guys were like, "Do we really want to do a podcast?" <laughs> it seemed like a lot of hard work back then as well, Ashton. We streamed and streamlined it a little bit nowadays. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. So I, um, I've got relatives uh, on my ex's side, and they live in Perth, or just outside Perth, uh, Joondalup. Um, Big up, Perth. and. Big up Perth, and uh, I was chatting. I sent them a message saying, "Oh, we've just done an episode of our new this new podcast thing that me and my friend are doing. It's about Yowie." And the young, I say young lad, he's not young anymore, but he wrote back to me and said, "I thought it was a chocolate bar, <laughs> and it is a chocolate bar in Australia." Is a Yowie? Cho- he said, "I didn't realise it was a real thing. I thought it was a brand of chocolate bar." Fair enough. So there we go. So there we go. About you then, Nat, what is what what do you think? What's your I've got to give a big shout out to Mothman. Um I, I do I do love the Mothman and the Jersey Devil. Anything sort of flying wings kind of bipedally thing with great big red eyes is up my street. But um yeah, a, a big foot as well, I think. Stroke the Ash? Yeti, stroke every other name under the sun that he's known yeah. for. <laughs> yeah, I do like Bigfoot. I mean, I've gone looking for Bigfoot in the UK. I still believe there's something to that. Let's not really get into that. What's here? But I do like the. Uh... Why is the name going out of my head? She had. I'm about to say the word that's going out of my head. Kelly Hopkinsville Goblins. That's the one. Kelly Hopkinsville. Yeah goblin yeah. that's i mean that's kind of possibly et related as well rather than just cryptid, oh you, go, you can go down the, the rabbit yeah. hole if you go looking at the kentucky goblins for sure yeah i just love that whole thing and then on the back of that you've got like sort of the hellier series which sort of around <laughs> the similar sort of thing as well so I just love that that i'm, I'm addicted that one, to that. really mm. hell is amazing amazing show it's not free on the on the streams anymore. I've noticed because I went to watch it for the nine thousandth time the other day, and it, it, it's no uh, longer free on the platforms. I was very disappointed. It's it's free if you know where to find it. Oh, maybe you need to send me a secret. I'll hook you up. Nah, I'll hook you I, up. I, I gotta tell Greg on you. You have a Greg. You have Greg Newkirk on you. <laughs> if we're doing cryptids, and and since you're all across the pond, can I get your opinion on one that's specific to you? Spring heeled yep. Jack. Natalie ah, will talk about Spring heeled. I was about, about to mention that as like a somewhat famous one. Yeah, well, Spring heeled Jack was last seen in my neck of the woods here in Liverpool in the UK. 
that was the last sighting of spring Jack. Um, it's a very interesting story because having been out and about in Liverpool and other major cities around the UK, there's, you can meet quite very, very strange people that have had way too much to drink that almost look like the Springfield chap, mm-hmm. um, jumping around, jumping off buildings and, you know, being an ex-A&E nurse as well. I've nursed many patients who feel that they're Springfield Jack, you know, and that they could jump from here to there and not suffer any consequences. Um, but it, it's a very interesting tale. Um, it's got a lot of lots of nuances to it as to who it could be was it a member of the royalty um some people say um did it really or did the the person that was seen really breathe blue i think there's reports of him breathing blue smoke out um of his mouth etc etc but yeah he was last seen in liverpool um sadly I, i haven't seen him any time recently in liverpool here uh, but it's certainly a very interesting story. Um, whether he's a cryptid type being, I'm not sure. I think he's more likely to be kind of a a crazed human uh, who likes jumping off buildings and frightening people would be my take on it. Victor? <laughs> I may be wrong in saying this, but is Springhill Jack the one that is... Is that linked to like the, the footprints on rooftops in Devon? Yes. Okay. He quite often left his footprints. To be Clo- seen. Cloven hooves in the snow on roofs in Devon, yeah. right? That just yeah. disappeared. But the, the, there's a lot of the evidence out there that says that he, he was perhaps suffering from some sort of mental delusion or breakdown, and that was part of the whole act, really, to come across as something that wasn't what it appeared to be. So we would yeah. leave you know hoof marks he would you know paint himself different colors and he would um there was something in the research that i did and i forget what the the chemical compounds were that he got together but he that's how he made his breath appear like he was breathing blue smoke by some sort of making this creating this chemical compound um but i'm not sure he's what you would class as a cryptid in my opinion however Read my very interesting article on <laughs> UFO identifying. Oh, I didn't realise this stream was going to be just put everybody plugging their stuff. Plug, plug stream. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't include a link, so does it count as a plug? Yeah, well, you so. will we'll add a link for you, Victor. Don't worry, we will add a link. <laughs> well, I bring up Springheel Jack because, funny enough, in 1905, Philadelphia had a Springheel Jack attack. Mm-hmm. And that's why I decided to make the connection. And we do acknowledge it after his reign of terror in London, so to speak. We kind of can't yeah. figure that one out. And it's such an obscure story. But I've got a link to a podcast that seemed to reference it. But I don't know. I didn't check it. But it is a story I had to tell when I was a Philadelphia tour guide. Cool. Wow. So, Victor, for for people who haven't caught the episode, um, is... You're still at Gettysburg, aren't you? What? What's that? So you you do a lot of the the tour guides and walking tours of Gettysburg. Yes. Uh, and uh, the history of Gettysburg. Yes, so, I do that now. Yep. So got fascinating wealth of history about Gettysburg. 
Uh, we had a great chat as well. Check out our podcast episode from a few weeks ago. You, you um, may have answered this in the episode, Victor. I can't remember because it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, have you had any sort of weird paranormal experiences while out at Gettysburg? Yeah, all the time. Um, <laughs> the most recent one, uh, I led a tour and um, we got results on the spirit box. And I always love when like new ghost hunters kind of show up and they just bought an SB7 and I kind of show them how to use it. But stuff like that doesn't really phase me anymore. They'll still get mm. dusty orb pictures. And I'll say, yeah, man, great ghost. That'll be a $10 if you're going to leave a gratuity. But <laughs> mainly in the Jenny Wade house, I had a sensory haunting. Jenny Wade was the only civilian casualty of the Battle of Gettysburg. She was shot in her home while baking bread. Well, in her sister's home. And she died instantly. But the smell of baking bread... I smelled that the first time I walked in there. The stove hasn't been used in over a hundred years, to my knowledge. So, wow. yeah. awesome! It's a lovely smell as well, isn't it? Baking bread. It it is, yeah. I'd never it's actually distinctive. smelled it before. I was like, "Who's baking? Who's making a pizza?" And then I had to connect the dots because I had been around pizza dough when it baked, and I just sort of put it together. And I'm like, "Wait, that's bread." So. Yeah, it's nothing quite like. Baking bread. It's lovely. Absolutely yeah. love it. Do you remember when this isn't paranormal? Do you remember when bread makers were all the rage in the UK and every fucker had one and it was like, Oh, yeah. I've just baked my own loaf. It's taken me six hours. And it's like, really? Mm -hmm. Six hours for a tiny bit of bread. So shortly, if you a friend of mine on Facebook, my Facebook memory will be coming up from three years ago, which was the start of lockdown. For anybody that hasn't been on the planet for the last few years. Um, and I done videos of me baking bread, <laughs> sped up versions of it rising. That's so I just thrown it out there. Got what a great segue bread. that it's was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so on the, the the Bigfoot front, Bigfoot is also my my favorite as well. I think it's an enduring like story that comes up all the time across all the continents in various different forms you've got the yeti the abominable snowman sasquatch bigfoot um skunk ape in florida although as i learned places like the mountains of afghanistan as well yeah, which is one that everywhere. doesn't really get heard of right yeah there's it's just it's just one of those things there's we've spoken to many people who have been out hunting bigfoot who have other paranormal experiences at the same time there appears to be a ufo link to bigfoot one of the friends of the show along with you guys is um tyler and chris from dockside media who done instantly done a gettysburg ghost of gettysburg documentary but they also done one around bigfoot and they interviewed uh, a lady called sue and she claims that the Bigfoots are um, like guardians of the earth, essentially, and that they'll communicate tele telepathically with people um, and that they're, they're essentially guardians, um, which the, the portal thing sort of fits in nicely with guardians of the earth and they're sort of stepping in and watching over us and scaring people where needed and... <laughs> 
and whatnot. But I think Bigfoot for me is one of those. It's just one of those things, isn't it? It's just a um, an enduring story that p- pops up all the time. There's videos, there's dodgy photos, and if you're on some of the Bigfoot groups on Facebook, it's, wow. Let's just talk about, like some of the paranormal groups, there's a bunch of shit being put up claiming to be pixelated photos of Bigfoot. And I'm like, what? I don't even know what the... So it's so blurred and zoomed in that there's pixelated pixelated video. It's, It's awful. It's awful. Nice of you to join us, Victor. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Ash. See you later, Paramike. And uh, yeah, nice speak to you soon. He's, he's gone just like that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Bye. Boom. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just one of those enjoying ones. And you've got absolute believers in Bigfoot, absolute believers. Like Pre- President Putin believes in Yeti, he's seen it apparently. I've seen him riding a bloody bear or something <laughs> like that. So, who knows? who knows but it's we we've spoken to people on the, on the show about they've there's been experiences it like the yeti the yowie all the continents have got their own yeah. kind of version um we've got the wild man in the uk for example and one of the guests ben he goes out camping wild like camping um in places that have been hotspots for the wild man. Um, the big shout out to Ben Walgate, 401 Files. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just a fascinating subject. The whole paranormal thing's a fascinating subject, and it's something I could talk about for days, I think. I, Longer, consume, long. I consume podcasts around paranormal and unexplained and... Oh, psychedelics is a new thing I'm going down a rabbit hole with. God. Psilocybin. Would yes, I would. Would you ever, would you ever I'd ayahuasca? Love, yeah. Yep, I'd love all that. So DMT. I'm pretty example, vehemently anti-drug. I would go with that. Um, I, I'm pretty vehemently anti Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty vehemently anti-drug, but ayahuasca DMT is the one that I'm a bit like. That'll be an experience. Yeah, it's... No. They've been Medical using it for thousands of years. They've been using it for thousands of years to channel spirits. Um, Ancestors. Oxford University are doing a study on post-traumatic stress disorder using DMT and psilocybin, where the average trip of, say, the DMT, et cetera, is about six minutes. Um, so it's quite a, a small one. And what they're doing is Oxford University are giving people a level of dmt to a certain level to keep them in that state for hours and it's it's allowing really yeah it's 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 been on the news and everything in the last few weeks see there was a thing on netflix a while back where perkins went to south america somewhere Mm -hmm. and she tried ayahuasca or dmt and she was like she took it threw up for about five or six hours and then had her trip and she was like when she came out of it it almost seemed like it was life affirming for her Mm. and it was all about like um her 
coming to terms with the fact that she'll never actually become a mother. Wow. Sort of thing. And it was like apparently all about that. And she was like one of her ancestors spoke to her and this and the other. I can't remember what she said exactly, but that was like you could see that she'd come out of it and she was like, Yeah, that was fucking mental. <laughs> so term. people people who take DMT, um, which is a naturally occurring substance in the human body as well um all experience the same entities in their trips so everybody around the world all has a very similar experience whether or not they've looked into dmt before and it's some kind of weird parallel universe that you you go into and these entities are the same for everybody and they all are like this higher consciousness. You've heard um, the sorry, sorry to mention the name again. You've heard the Alex Jones thing, right? Where he said that a bunch of people went to Southern America. I want to say maybe New Mexico or something. Yeah, like Mexico 40... is probably the place for it. <laughs> um, like forty odd people took ayahuasca or some sort of DMT inducing drug. And all started hallucinating, but he was like, they all hallucinated the same thing. And he's like, if multiple people are seeing it, it's not hallucination, right? Mm. It's it's something that they're all tapping into. And he was like, weird beings coming out of the forest and communicating with them telepathically. And he was just like, yeah, 40 odd people. And that ticks some of the boxes of ancient aliens, um, like these higher the powers coming and influencing older clock, civilizations. The clockwork elves. Sorry to interrupt. The clockwork el- elves are the ones that come up again and again, right? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know much more than that, but they call them the clockwork elves, and they're like a weird race of clockwork elves that seem to come up again and again for people on DMT. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, Nat. I know you're probably anti that, but it is. It's an interesting thing. It is interesting how... You might just add a little disclaimer there somewhere that we're not advocating drug use. No. <laughs> okay. Um, you can't buy uh, legally no, in just... the UK anyway. <laughs> Let, let's not get sued. No. So we aren't... But you're not going to get sued about from the discussion of it. <laughs> no. It's not like we're all here. I, I'm sorry. I'm just the most anti-drug person you could wish to meet. It's the nurse in me having looked after many, 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 many patients who I've I seen in the most awful, critical ways that I, get it. I don't especially, get it, yeah. especially when it's people on like acid trips and stuff, right, where their hallucinations can do very scary shit to them. And it's like, yeah. fucking how? <laughs> so don't do drugs, kids. No. Stay in school. Drugs are bad. Stay in yeah. school. Like Zamo said back in the 80s, just say <laughs> no. Indeed. I'm, I will be in touch, Neil, about that dome. <laughs> so, moving on, before we wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have an announcement. While Nat's here, we can kind of talk briefly about the announcement from UFOidentified.co.uk. So, I'll bring your attention to the screen. So, if you're listening with your ears, look at the screen right now. I can't 
can't believe we've got round to this time of year to make an announcement again. It only seems like five minutes ago we were discussing it last October. It was, it was. So UFO identified in Minicon 2023 will be taking place on Sunday, the 15th of October at the Stanley House Function Rooms in Audenshaw, which, if you came last year, is the same venue as last oh, year. Oh, that was a cool place, that was. Beautiful Masonic Lodge. Massive room. And this this time, we've got the whole place to ourselves. Uh, so, including yeah. the car park. Including the car park. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the official date locked in. And the first announcement and of our speakers and tickets, early birds ticket sales will go on sale on Wednesday, the 5th of April tomorrow. If you listen to this on the podcast, so yeah, yeah, very and, exciting. And get your tickets early because they sold out last year very, very quickly. Especially those VIP tickets, which you get. Yeah, they they flew out. out and get a t-shirt, t-shirt and front row seats in. Yeah, come and meet me. I'll be going. Yeah, come and meet Greg, so we can drag Mike up as well. Yeah, <sighs> road trip. Like, uh, it depends. Perfect. Depends if there's a trip to my haunted hotel tax on boys, because it's kind of that neck of the woods, isn't it? It is. It is. I'll do that with you. Yeah. Go and meet Danny if he's there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Okay. We'll sort that. We'll sort that. Make sure I can come. Never mind, boys. Boys and girls. <laughs> All right, Jesus. <laughs> definitely. definitely. <laughs> But the, the mini-con, just taking it back to that, um, yeah, last year's was amazing. I absolutely loved it, and it was great to meet loads of people that, A, we've spoken to or chatted to online, and uh, and everybody was of the same mindset. It, it was great, just great to meet a lot of people who, in one room, were all fascinated by the same topic. Yeah. And your guys' chat was great, right the way through the the um, the panel, the um, questions and answers with the panel, um, all the way through to to Ryan at the end, which I know captivated everybody as well. So the whole day was it was fantastic, I must say. Yeah, and I'd never been to anything like that before, so that was that was really cool. Plus, I was flogging not- t-shirts there. Big shout. Yeah, it's not a dry and dusty old conference, you know. It's no. a really interactive, yeah, great well, day yeah. full of talking with like-minded people. And there's a bit of light-hearted humour in there. Like last year, we had the um, competition for who could make the, the greatest tinfoil hat. And we had people who were very, very committed to, to making those really cool tinfoil hats. In fact, the guy who won made one that had... Um, an actual UFO that spun round on top of his. So, um, yeah, it, it's light-hearted in its humour as well. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be so a great if... day. It's, I've got some surprises coming. going to be, yeah, I won't say too much, but, yeah, it's going to be as good or better than, than last year. Sorry to interrupt, but you might have just seen me looking across the side there. Literally, I'm freaking out right now. Oh, something's happened. Because... Out of the corner of my eye, I could see a light was just to my. No, you can't. I can't see it. It's got yeah, the background. background's going to get it. But the door to the room I'm in is um, is shut, and I could see a light. And I thought it was just something, the light just bouncing off the door. 
but it was actually moving. So it couldn't have been the light just bouncing off a door because I'm sat sat still and I've been for the last hour. Yeah. So that's a bit, oh, I'll have a look at that mm. after the, the stream. I've really got goose, goosebumps. Just throwing it on out that, there. On that note, and sorry to derail you if I identified conversation, um, we should definitely do a live or whatever sometime soonish where we do a live Estes method. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Let's do it. The For next sure. live will do it. Because we've got yeah. we've got Liverpool, we've got Manchester, we've got Swindon. <laughs> What's this fucking Whitney? Is this fucking Eurovision or something? <laughs> it is. Tonight, Matthew. Hello I'm from Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like Can you hear me, Swindon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you north versus south, didn't it? Um Yeah. But like yeah, we'll win. You guys have got spirit boxes, I've got spirit box, so we can just mm -hmm. run Let's maybe multiple or whatever. Like we'll yeah. figure it out, but Let's do it. Cool. Let's so, yeah, we've got that to look forward to as well. So, where can we buy the tickets from? So, they'll be on sale from Wednesday, the 5th of April at ufoidentified.co.uk. Yep. Early bird How much? Will be How on much? Sale. Now you're testing me. I don't write it down here. 59 All the costs have gone up again. So, we had to do a slight. £3.64. Still very reasonable. And especially compared to other conferences that aren't as good as ours, I will not even got to be biased by saying that. Like, literally, literally ours is like, literally better. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so tickets start at £20 for the full day. And that would include. To be fair, food. that is well worth it for the. In incredibly reasonable comparative to some of the prices of conferences I've seen. Mm. Yeah. And the content that was at last year's was amazing. It was. Um, so, and now everybody was so nice. Everybody was so friendly. So big shout out to you guys because that was testament to. to and I heard nothing but good things from people who were there. So, all the feedback question. we've had as all, all the feedback we've had has always been really, really good. Like, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Question before we wrap up: Is it entirely UFO, or is there a chance of a little bit of paranormal creeping in? So we have discussed this. Um, we were planning on doing a two-day event. Like I'm doing a bit of both. Unfortunately, uh, due to various issues and spending four months trying to get a venue secured, um, <laughs> literally stressing for months trying to get your mate goes into it. So this year, probably not. However, we are planning. So, but now this is all finalised. We are already starting to plan 2024, and it's going to be lots more different things involved. So let's just say that for now. <laughs> Get me yeah. involved. I'll do a bit of platform mediumship for you, mate. Be like, oh, there's a David in the room. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sorry, but yeah, last, last, sorry. <laughs> the last two years did sell out. Um, yeah. Early bird tickets sold out fast. The VIP tickets sold out fast. And we've always been blown away by the support and by the way it's been received. So we never yeah. ever expected that we'd even sell like ten tickets to first when we first did a couple of years ago. I know. No, no <laughs> idea what was gonna what's gonna happen. Uh, but yeah, I've been blown away by the support. So yeah, get your tickets. We always have people messaging me in the weeks before. Like any tickets yeah, left? Like the advertising this for six months. Like just we always say get your tickets early if you want them. And that's just not trying to sell tickets, that is because we sell out. And um, and we will have, as Greg was saying, we we have the stall holders as well available for people to mingle around with. So 
that that covers paranormally things as well as uh, UFO yeah. things. So we've got people doing book signings, selling merchandise. Um, we normally have our our little stall going as well, where we sell bits and bobs, and we will be doing some food and drink this year as well yeah. um, for people. So awesome! The hard awesome. the hard work starts now with the tearing the hair out. And and just to let you know, just plugging us now, as you guys have been plugging away. Um, so this year, we'll be able to take card payments on our store for T-shirts. We sold out of all the T-shirts that I took with us last time. And Your T-shirts were ace. Really, I'll bring really up loads good. more of them as well. Yeah. And also, bugger it, depending on how I'm feeling, I might come up and man the store with Greg. Yeah, why not come and come and join the fun? It was a really Listen, good day. Mike, it's, if, a, it's hey, a very old, it's a very old building with a if lot I can, of If I can work in an investigation around there or around that area, I'll definitely be up because then I can just do some for the YouTube as well, right? It's a proper Masonic lodge. Yeah, like, it's got it's actual got Masonic lodge. Yeah, it's got weird shit all over the walls and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's a so cool place. Free? What Christ? <laughs> You'll be wanting a lift up there as well. I yeah, I'll probably give you a lift to be honest, mate. But yeah, <laughs> cool, cool. So right, Mike, where can everybody find you? Linktree forward slash Paramike, primarily the YouTube. Get on there. Give me some views. Give me some subs. Yeah, try cool. to make my channel better. So hopefully you enjoy it. Definitely, Nat. Yeah, well, you can find me in lots of places at the moment, um, but round and about uh, anything ufoidentified.co.uk and all of our social media platforms we've been hitting yeah. up Liverpool Community um, Radio this last week so we've got a link on our Facebook and different um, places to take you to that very interesting um, couple of hours we spent on the community radio we've also got Manchester's meetup is when Ash Tomorrow right. or today, if you're listening on the podcast. Okay. And Liverpool's next uh, UFO identified meetup is the 4th of May. All of the details are on our social media and um, website. So I'm always doing something paranormal stroke UFO linked somewhere. Cool. So, yeah, check us out on the, on the website. Awesome. Nice one. Awesome. Well, yeah, so thanks to Mike, Nat and Victor for coming along and chatting to us. Cheers, Greg, as always. And thanks everyone in the comments for chatting and watching. And we shall see you next time. See you soon. Bye. See you later. Bye, guys.